Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Hollowdale Media Podcast. Yeah, and this is a very special day because we're, we're doing a B-movie day. Yes, we're going back to our roots and we're watching a terrible, terrible B-movie for the first time in ages. Since, uh, well, the la- I don't know if you count it as a B-movie, but the last terrible movie we watched was Left Behind. That was a Z movie, I think. Yeah, what, what's the definition of a Z movie? Uh, rubbish. <laughs> I mean, I think that was arguably worse than the film. This film makes Left Behind look like Citizen Kane. Do you, do you re- really? Yes, yes, yes. You might need to rewatch um, Left, Left Behind, man. Left Behind had a shadow of a plot, right? True. But, that's the, True. but before we get into it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. Wow, what a film we watched this week, honestly. Yeah, it? so we, we skipped the, uh, the, the linking again because I just happened to find this one online. And for well, we have to watch that. I had such high hopes. It yeah. Uh, the what's the name of the film? It's called Verotica. Verotica. And it's uh, Glenn Danzig of Misfits fame movie. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a famous rock punk star man clearly looked at the looked at Rob Zombie and said, "I could do that." Yeah. I bet I could do that. But they all do. Corey Taylor's. I think he's producing a movie at the moment of his own. Is so, he? So it's becoming somewhat... I'm sure Marilyn Manson has some horrific... In fact, he does have a horrific movie that no one likes to talk about, doesn't he? Some sort of sex movie where he's doing horrible things at a party. Really? There's some, first I've heard of that. There's some horrible footage somewhere of Manson's, Marilyn Manson's, that um, I don't oh know if, if it's public access or what. But, uh, yeah, so, so a lot of these rock stars, they think, you know what, I'm dark. I know about the dark arts and mystery. I'm going to turn to Hollywood. Do you know what a better example, better comparison is of all of them? Cradle of Fear. By the Cradle of Filth bloke? Yeah. Of course. Uh, that film, that was poss- possibly the first sort of B-movie ever watched. I don't know. No one talks about that. I've never seen it. Oh, that might be a follow-up discussion. What's his name? Danny Filth? Danny Filth. Danny Filth. He's, he plays like an angel demon man who impregnates... A woman at a, a party, and then she starts growing demons out of her belly. It's very weird. I can picture him in it. I can see him in it, but yeah, I haven't seen it. Starring Emily something. She's like a model, but she's like a big horror. I think she, she did like documentaries about Evil Dead and stuff. Big horror head. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, that's beside the point. Cradle of Fear, look it up. It's weird and horrific. Mm. But anyway, we'll get onto that. A bit later. Um, so yeah, so this is another episode. We've got uh, reviews to come as per normal. Uh, we've got some news. We've got a fun news day. We've got some nudity in the news today. Oh my goodness yes, me. This is, this is a very raunchy show. Um, <laughs> erotica, nudity. Um, yeah. Erot- it's got erotic in the name. It's got erotic in the name. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've just watched, I've just been watching Elvira. Nice. And expanding my horror education, and that's very raunchy. She's got loads of naughty run-liners. I've fallen completely head over heels in love. <laughs> yep. She's a classic. Yes, she's a classic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, t- I watched a Promising Young Woman um, last week for the first time. Um, okay. I feel like it's a film that all men need to watch. It might kind of make you think uh, twice about 
things that maybe you didn't even notice was inappropriate, but was inappropriate. Mm, yeah. Not you specifically, Adam. I think you'd be, I think you're safe. I think you're good. good. Thank you very much. But some men, yeah. might, they should watch this film and realise that maybe they feel like they're doing a good thing, but they're actually doing a bad thing. It was, yeah. Is it, is it just a film of people going, God, smile. <laughs> Cheer up. Go, you all right? Let me take you home. You'll be all right. Yeah. Um, What's it on? It, uh, it was on. It was on Sky Cinema. Oh, for free. Great. So we don't have Sky subscription, so you can't watch it for free. Uh, no. Yeah, but it's a yeah, it's a very good movie. Uh, I recommend it. Okay, um, cool. What have you been watching? Uh, I've been quite busy, but I've been watching. I've still been watching Bad Batch. Still brilliant. Nice. Uh, there was one episode that's really bloody cool, but you won't get it. No one else I know would get it. Me, Ollie, my friend Ollie, is the only person I know who'd understand why it was so cool. Okay. Because he's seen Clone Wars. Right. And it's really frustrating. And your mate Ben. Yeah. Let's get them all in the room. And so nerd can out. all nerd out for a bit. Oh my god. It's, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what? I feel like a. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you what. I've also been binging. I think I may have mentioned it. I've been binging American Dad. Right. On Disney Plus. It's a good, like, background show. You don't have to watch it, you know, particularly religiously. But there's one episode that's like a Twilight Zone episode, and I want to watch all the Twilight Zones now. American Dad. American Dad. Just a random episode called Rabbit Ears, I think. Um, Stan finds an old TV, plugs it in, and it's got one one program that it runs in the middle of night that's the same episode that repeats again and again but the more times you watch it the more you notice that things are changing each episode the waitress will be different a plant will have moved and then Stan gets sucked into it it's really very it, yeah that sounds completely and utterly gripping it's a very strange thing because American Dad obviously by the same creators of Family Guy which is rubbish uh, American Dad is not only funny but has <laughs> every now and then does these weird horror things and you just want and there's a whole recurring joke about this gem encrusted turd that has nothing to do with the story it just cuts away and it turns into like a film like the widescreen bars right. come in ah. it's, they're very experimental and weird oh good and I really want them to do a horror thing there's no horror animated shows no that's true that's not true apart from the creep show special really have you ever seen um, Death Clock? What's that? What, is that what it's called? The Adult Swim cartoon about the Nordic metal band? Is it oh. called Death Clock? Or is that the name of the band? That does ring a bell. It's kind of getting there. It's just kind of horror-y. I'd love to see, like, Twilight Zone, uh, Black Mirror, even. But animated, so you can do weird, different stuff. Oh, I see. It. So literally the genre, so not comedy or anything, like an actual... Well, you could have dark comedy, but yeah. but literally, okay. yeah, like a, a weird, twisty-turny horror That film. would be awesome. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd see it. You never do... You ever see that? You see action, sci-fi, loads of sci-fi. Comedy. It's all comedy as well, but... Yeah. Sort it out, animators. Horror, horror cartoon, please. Yes, please. Uh, no anything else? No, England beat Germany. <laughs> Did you hear about the flash floods in Germany? It's the end times. The tears what? of the fans. What happened? Was there actually flash floods in Germany? Yeah, really bad. Oh my god. Yeah. Huh. Your fault. Not my fault. I didn't do anything. I didn't <laughs> laugh at a little ten-year-old girl. Did you not? No, I didn't. 
I because I, you saw a promising young woman. I, <laughs> I turned to my dad and I said, "Well, we've been there, haven't we?" No. So there. But you know. There you go. There's evidence that Rob is a nice human, despite <laughs> everything else. Despite everything else. <laughs> anyway, everything else. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Film Reviews Freaky 2020 Good morning morning. That's me, Millie Ordinary, boring Millie I love your dress I think I saw it at Discount Bonanza (laughs) Okay, so I was never the most popular Homecoming's this weekend Booker is gonna be at the dance And boys never really noticed me (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if this was a horror movie I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cue the creepy dude in the mask. Like I said. <laughs> but actually, it turns out. Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. <laughs> The Blissfield Butcher strikes again. Don't freak out. You're black. I'm gay. We are so dead. Ow! Will you stop? It's me. It's Millie. Hill, Hill, Blissfield. I feel our glory and our might. And not only is that psycho wearing my body, he's killing it. He's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Who knows how many of our friends he's going to kill? Are you sure this is safe? No. Oh my god, it's a slaughterhouse. From the Twisted Minds who brought us Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you, Freaky is the latest darkly comic horror movie from Blumhouse Productions. Directed by Christopher Landon, who also shares a writing credit with Michael Kennedy, Freaky was originally released on demand in 2020. But since it's out in the cinemas, well, I think it's about time it deserves a review. Now, the story takes place in the idyllic mid-American town of Blissfield, where an urban legend exists to terrify the underage drinkers of the town, the dreaded Blissfield Butcher, soon to be played by Vince Vaughn. Thankfully, we are told of this butcher by a group of highly sexed underage drinkers in a giant mansion somewhere near Blissfield where, sure enough, the butcher is proved to be back. Wearing a leather hockey-like mask over his face and highly skilled at dispatching the four teams in brutal and unique ways. But before the butcher leaves his debut murder spree, he steals an ancient-looking dagger from a case in the mansion. The dreaded Ladola knife, a relic of ancient humans' sacrificial rites. Ooh. Meanwhile, meet Millie Kessler, played by Catherine Newton, a sweet, kind young high schooler with a terrible dress sense and a pair of classic best friends in Nyla Jones, played by Celeste O'Connor, and Josh Detmer, played by Misha Osherovic. While not exactly the lowest rung of the ladder at Blissfield Valley High School, they're not without their bullies, mainly 
critiquing Millie's admittedly elderly sense of dress and, most unfortunately of all, for Millie playing the school mascot, a giant cuddly beaver during the high school football games. It's after one of these games where despite the reported murders of four teens in the area, Millie decides not to accept a ride home and instead waits for her mother to pick her up. Her mother, who incidentally happens to have taken to alcohol to resolve her issues over a recently deceased husband. Yeah, front-loaded much? So Millie's mum is unconscious on the couch, leaving Millie alone and waiting for a ride. When, shock of all shocks, she's confronted by a man watching her from across the street. A man who's also wearing a leather mask and wielding a knife. In panic, Millie runs back onto the football field with the butcher hot on her heels. But when he finally tackles her and plunges the Lodola knife into her shoulder, something weird happens. The butcher receives the same injury as Millie in the moment he stabs her and flees, leaving behind the Lodola dagger. Later that night, Millie is disturbed by the sound of whispered chanting and struggles to sleep. The following morning, Millie wakes up to find herself in the body of the Blissfield Butcher. Oh my god! Yes, Freaky is nothing but a fresh spin on the Freaky Friday formula, this time with the victim and serial killer swapping bodies for a whole new level of crazy. While Millie wakes up in the body of the Butcher in his very own nutty room, complete with mutilated mannequins and disturbing graffiti, the Butcher wakes up in an idyllic middle American teenage girl bedroom and is quick to get back into the killing. But not before the Butcher decides to revamp Millie's wardrobe and soon marches into school with a newfound confidence and leather jacket that catches the attention of every boy in the school. But as the Butcher begins to get to work murdering and luring teens to their deaths using his newfound disguise, Millie is forced to try and convince her friends that she is who she says she is. A feat easier said than done while her new middle-aged man face is on every television screen in town. Like Happy Death Day before it, Freaky is hardly unique, but it does breathe fresh air into a tired and dated formula. By casting the opposite numbers, not only as a man versus a teenage girl, but also a hardened murderer versus a sweet girl next door, the film mines the comedy value to its core. And special credit must be given to both Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, who are both able to completely own both sides of their characters. From the faintly camp and ridiculous as Vaughn girls it up to the downright sinister and dark presence of the murder in sheep's clothing. Freaky is violent, gory and a lot of fun, though it does suffer a faintly shallow story arc and a kind of dull backstory to Millie's life. It's no happy death day, but it is a lot of fun with some genuinely great sequences that don't hold back on the violence. As a teenage date movie, this one's worth catching up on. Look, I know I look like the butcher, but it's Millie. He's crazy. Okay, Booker, can you look at me, please? Booker! Dry up, bitch. Booker, help! Booker! Will you shut up? <laughs> Booker! <laughs> Welcome to Fortnite Schmortnight. Lords of the Rings almost had a naked hobbit scene. So, uh, Billy Boyd... <laughs> <laughs> God. Billy Boyd said this on the, the Stephen Col- Colbert show. Um, Colbert. Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Is it Colbert? Yes, it is. Why is he spelt it Colbert? Adam? I don't know, Robert. <laughs> French. 
Philippa Boyens, she wrote a scene. This is what this is what Billy Boyd said. Because we've been doing some kind of gags and winding people up. And she said, oh, it's a new scene we're filming next week with the Ents. Mary and Pippin are up tree beard. He gets afraid and shakes his branches, which makes you guys fall. And as you hit all the branches on the way down, by the time you hit the ground, you're naked. And Mary turns to Pippin and says, it's cold, isn't it? And Pippin says, hold me, Mary. What? What? <laughs> what? That's a joke. Uh, is this part of their podcast? Uh, yeah, this is what this is. Maybe they're, prom- I think they're probably promoting the podcast. Right, on the okay. Stephen Colbert show. <laughs> Very good. Um, Monaghan jokingly added that he was kind of into it, citing a desire to show off his fantastic backside. While it wouldn't have been, while it would have been interesting to see how people would have acted if this unnecessary nude scene would have made it into Lord of the Rings, that reaction likely would have been different than the one prompting thousands of fans to sign a petition against nudity in the Amazon series. What? So on to our next story. Um, a petition has been created that calls for Amazon to keep nudity out of the upcoming Lord of the Rings series. Is this because they don't want it to be Game of Thrones? Um, it's well, it's from the it's from the Catholics. Um, the uh, old foe, <laughs> the old enemy. A petition has been started on Change.org by a group called Catholic Memes. Ugh. That calls for Amazon to refrain from using any n- nudity in the Lord of the Rings series. Um, this is on screen run, by the way. Uh, reportedly, the idea uh, for the petition came to fruition after it was rumoured. The idea of the petition came to fruition. That's good, isn't it? Sorry. Um, it, uh, after it's it was rumoured... Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Uh, the Lord of the Rings show would feature nudity, which stemmed from a casting notice for a production uh, company in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, where the show is filmed, that stated actors must be comfortable with partial or full nudity. Mm. In addition to the yeah. casting notice, intimacy coordinator Jennifer Ward-Leland has allegedly been hired for the upcoming fantasy series. Um, but yeah, yeah, the petition got 32,000 signatures, and it reads, Amazon Prime has an upcoming Lord of the Rings series set before the trilogy. They've hired intimacy coaches... And have asked that actors be comfortable with doing nude scenes in the castings. Tolkien's work is truly wholesome and packed with incredible Christian symbolism. He was a devout Catholic and his memory does not need to be stained with gratuitous nudity or even nudity in the slightest. Tolkien's creations have always been family friendly. Keep it that way. What? What was it? Full of Christian values? It, well, yeah, Tolkien, based on Norse mythology. Yeah, but then uh, a lot of it was from his life experiences. Like it is, he oh, was a the, devout Catholic. Um, I, yeah, a lot of it was based on his time in the war, wasn't it? But um, I think some of it shines through. Shine, Jesus, shine. Um, Does I can't? I'm trying where, to think. Where I actually agree with these Catholic people is. Uh, this, this doesn't need to be Game of Thrones. No, no, it's, that's it, it, to be fair, that's true. Although the films, I mean, Twelve A was invented for Lord of the Rings, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's all they need. They need uh, gory just needs to be sort of. Yeah, I would never be too. I will never dismiss a good decapitation. That's fine, but we don't need to see boobs and penises. No, and it would be a shame to rule out young people. As yeah, well. it'd be unfair. Like I, I'd be really but, annoyed. Are they not overreacting? Is that not just a general contract thing? 
but a full nudity. Part... Penises, Adam? No, but that's what the contract's just saying. You must be happy with partial, probably meaning, you know, walking Boots. around. Oh. Well, not even that, but just like having your leg out. That's partial nudity, isn't it? But they said, or even full nudity. Yeah, but that's just the contracts, just right. being legal. Just covering everything. Yeah. Because maybe, yeah. the, maybe they will have a scene where... Well, they've hired this nudity comfort person to come in, haven't they? Oh, okay. This ge- uh, so That's a good point. Uh, intimacy coordinator. So there's going to be some lovemaking. Yeah, but again, that but, could be... That could be Vigo on top of Liv Tyler or something. That or kind just of thing. they're or snogging the... behind a curtain. It doesn't mm. have to be raunchy. It doesn't have to be like uh, tits and dicks. Can we say yeah, that? That's Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah. Games of tits and dicks. Games, games of tits and dicks. Anyway, yeah, I think yeah. Well, uh, yeah. To be fair, I do kind of agree. Yeah. If it comes down to that simple of a question, hey, Lord of the Rings, the keep full the nudity out. could be Smeagol. Smeagol, yeah, and you, yeah, but he always wears a. He's got a little loincloth. Well, that's he? partial then. Uh, 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 maybe we get some naked orcs. Maybe we get some naked orcs and have them bang. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you see female orcs. Female orcs. Orcses. Hello. Elizabeth Banks has relocated to Ireland to shoot a movie about a bear that died of a cocaine overdose. Okay. So this is based Moving on... Moving on. That's that story. <laughs> I think it... Well, do you want to stay on the sexy Lord of the Rings? No, no. Carry on. You sure? We can go back. <laughs> it just sounds like... Yeah. Just moved to Ireland. <laughs> Great. So... There's a based on a true story, Adam. A bear once roaming in the Appalachian Mountains stumbled across a vast quantity of cocaine and thought he'd have a taste. He very much liked it. He ate too much and he had an overdose and he died. Um, but apparently there's a very, very good story about this thing that happened, um, where the drugs came from and the fact that the bear didn't eat all the drugs but the remaining drugs went missing. There's this whole story about this bear that took too much drugs okay um but yeah the weird thing is instead of filming in america where there's all the forests um they thought ah let's go to ireland let's go to the emerald isle and film it in the forest there i mean there's lots of forests in ireland but weird hmm they've gone to ireland was he smaller than the average bear (laughs) was he smaller than the average bear is that what are you doing is that yogi yogi bear is that yogi yeah he stole all the needles oh (laughs) <laughs> was he was he was he, was he you, more talkative than the average bear are you saying that Yogi's fallen on hard times and has become an Irish crack fiend yeah that's exactly what I'm saying Perfect. and the park ranger keeps coming round and trying to stop him injecting those needles <laughs> Yogi <laughs> put down the joint put down the pipe hey man I'm just trying to mellow up. If it grows in the ground, it's safe and sound. Hey, man, if a, if a bear smokes in the woods, will anyone know? Does it make a noise, 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 noise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. Beast Wars! Beast Wars! Beast Wars! Oh, my goodness me, Adam. It's finally happened. Yes. They've been make- talking about it for so bloody long and they finally listened some of you will listen to our specials and hear our us two, our two listeners who live in LA yeah, our two li- <laughs> yeah people who listen to our specials will be like oh what toys do they keep giving each other every time it's a birthday or Christmas well it's Beast Wars 
from Transformers, and uh, yeah, the the movie's coming out. Yeah, with double loaded, we're getting two sets of Beast Wars. Not only is the Netflix series Kingdom bringing us beasts, yes, but the now you probably got this. It's the seventh Transformers movie, but it's not connected to the previous ones. It follows seven years after the events of Bumblebee. Oh, okay, and it's set in 1994, which is when the Toys came out. When the toys came out, uh, it's set in New York City, um, but there's a bit where they go to Machu Picchu, okay, um, which I suppose is going to tie in with the H and stuff. Well, originally the Beast Wars story before the cartoon was that they were modern day, right? Oh, really? Yeah. So that, yeah, that's they obviously gone back to the drawing board. When did the comic come out? Uh, I think it's way later. Wait, because I was going to say, because I read into what's what's known so far, and at first glance, I was a bit like, ugh, what are they doing? So, Mm. uh, directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who did Creed 2, which is very good. Uh, The movie's going to be set in 1994, several days after, several years after when Bumblebee was set. Uh, It's going to take place in New York City. Um, Why why the city? I, I thought it was very uninspired. Very uninspired. They're all set in cities. Why yeah. not set this in the... the... The quote I read was like, oh, we've never had a Transformers movie in New York before. No, but you've had one in Chicago, which is just loads of skyscrapers. What's yeah, the difference? It's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, that's, mm, that's a bit rubbish. It's annoying. Why isn't it set in, like, the middle of the Sahara or something? Or just set in Neolithic, like in, or like in caveman times. So Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, the... The Yellowstone crater was caused by a bit of energon that crashed to Earth. And I know we're trying to hunt it. Yeah, just use your brains. Um, But this is what I didn't like. So, so, so reading from GameSpot, the films will include Air Razor, Yep, Rhinox, Yep, the leader of the Maximals, Optimus Primal. Okay, good. Um, The villain of the movie will be the Terracon Scourge, who transforms into a locust. In the Beast Wars comic, right? Uh, he will be the lead villain. Never made it onto the cartoon. Um, Scourge's right hand is Nightbird. Um, what? With the ability to transform into a Nissan GTR. During the event where all of this was revealed, not a single Predacon was named. No. But Predacons are separate to Terracons. Predacons are separate to Terracons. They never mentioned a big purple Camp Megatron. There was no Waspinator, there was no Pterosaur, there was no Dinobots. Maybe they're saving that for the surprise. Maybe they're saving that for the surprise. We can only hope. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> I'd be, be mad, mate, to be honest with you, if those guys aren't in it. Tranchalas. Also, Air Razor, it's alright. Yeah. I'm no, just... not... Where's Rat Trap? I refuse to believe. Uh, they must be covering up. RC's in it, I saw that. Who's RC again? RC's from the original Transformers. She's... Right. The first woman, I know who you yes. Princess Leia type. Yes, I know who you mean. Uh, I I just can't see that they could have watched all of Beast Wars for their source material and thought now we're going to scrap all of them and include Air Razor. It's just not. not Air, possible. I mean, Air Razor is all right, but she sort of only works with. Well, this is not interesting for anyone else. <laughs> we'll we'll make a separate Beast Wars podcast and we'll, on the next night shift. We'll just talk Beast Wars. We'll only talk about Beast Wars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if that appeals, sign up to us on Patreon. 
Holiday Media. Patreon.com Holiday Media. Yes. Don't put, let that put you off either because we've got loads of other podcasts on there. Where, oh, we've got loads of stuff. Where we don't talk about Beast Wars. <laughs> At least four. Um, just want to add one story. This is a bit of a dry one to end on, but still, it's important. Uh, this came out on the 29th of June. Stars call for Gadget Levy to fund UK creatives. Alright. Right, so... Olivia Coleman, John Nettles, Joanne Harris, among dozens of high-profile artists calling for a portion of gadget sales revenue to go into a fund for performers and creators. So does this fund their projects or does it go straight into their pockets? Very good question, doesn't actually say. Uh, one Between 1% and 3% of the overall price of a device would go to them. Okay. Now, interesting, but... So, okay, so the reason, the argument for this is currently there's no effective way for creators to be recompensed when their work is downloaded and stored by audiences. Right. So what they're saying is people who download stuff, material, videos, whatever, that that money is not going anywhere. Okay. And it's not funding back into the creator. Fair argument. Although... What the hell are you talking about? This is like an argument from 2002. So, what it is, essentially, and this is what was said by Tech UK, uh, it's a new tax. They just want to tax consumers of tech products to line their pockets. Yeah, um, no. It kind of points at an issue if if they're not getting the funding that they need, but... Why does that this have to be involved in customers buying stuff? Well, it's why does it come from that? The the what really confuses me and really gets to me is you're taxing gadgets that people use to create. Hmm. The average Joe, me, you, anyone who buys a computer, a Mac, whatever, to do editing, to make you know, to make things on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. They're going to get taxed, and they're not going to see a penny of that. That's a very good point. That's a very good point indeed. Yeah, how do we decide who how who gets it? What it sounds like to me is snobbery. It's the people right at the top who are saying, "Oh, well, yeah, obviously we can tax these nerds with their computers and cameras and phones." This and happens, it, yeah. It's also a bit of fear. It sounds to me it's the sort of argument you used to hear about uh, all the. When was it? Was it 2001, 2002? When everyone was kicking off about all the... Well, Napster and that. Napster, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. It sounds like that. It sounds like... um, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds like the little guys, like you, like us, um, and our musical equivalents, um, will not benefit from this in any way, shape, or form. Unless the fund went into a pool that you can access. Yeah, then uh, and you can you can apply for funding. Is that what they mean? If that doesn't sound like it. As long as not, as long as zero pence goes to Olivia Coleman, who I'm sure who who by all accounts is a very lovely lady, but as long as zero money goes to millionaires, then I'm maybe interested. It is ridiculous. Yeah, but I don't um, like the sound. Of, yeah, I don't like the the. Mm, it's weird. It's uh, it just it, the the other comparison is like is imagine people who write proper literature asking for a tax on notepads. Yeah, 
I mean, one to two percent is not a huge amount, but it where where is the how far does that go? It's ridiculous. It's just dumb. Unless, yeah. as I say, it goes into a fund that everyone can access. Yeah, it's literally as black and white as that. If that's their intentions, then it's a good thing. If their intention is to sponge off of it their own stuff. It, it's, then... it's obviously come off the back of the nightmare of the last two years. Yeah. But, even so, mm, keep an eye on that. Yeah. Seems a bit dodgy to me. Agreed. Anyway, let's get on to more fun things. Adam. Veronica, you're welcome. I said to you before we watched it, I was like, why don't we watch Microwave Massacre? And you persuaded me, you picked up the DVD case, and you made us watch that. And it was the worst film I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, come That's now. No exaggeration. That is the worst <laughs> movie I've ever watched. Oh, we can't jump straight in with your critique i'm sorry but the people need to know the facts <laughs> yeah it's bad verotica is <laughs> it's so so bad it's bad beyond the point of logic mm. there's like there's no way anyone could even think it was good well that yeah it like, baffles the mind this is by so verotica is it, 2019 it was released it's only been it's been exclusively festivals and film screenings up until last year so the only way to watch it was to go and see it on the big screen with a Q&A afterwards with writer director Glenn Danzig and all of his friends and there might have been a reason why it didn't come out for a while yeah it's worth noting as well that the blu-ray I've got is unrated meaning they never bothered sending it anywhere. They wow. just printed it from their own home computer with the soundtrack. Thanks for that. It's crazy, man. <laughs> like, from looking at... Like, we looked at the fr- uh, on the special features of the Blu-ray afterwards. You could flick through uh, production stills of uh, actors getting ready, actresses in makeup, uh, uh, the cameraman holding his camera... And it all actually gives you the illusion of something vaguely professional, doesn't it? The stills it? look very good. You're seeing makeup, you're seeing some special effects, really nice camera, really nice rig, big yeah. crew, all well lit because it's only one part of the film. <laughs> it's only one very small section, uh, which happened to be in a strip club, so it was all quite well lit anyway, I presume. Yeah. Oh, it and it's just so everything it, it hurt because there was loads of stuff that watching going oh I would have done that too 
but I would have reshot it. <laughs> I would have said, oh no, it didn't work. Try again. Oh, cut! Cut cut, 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 bloody thing. Cut, 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 cut. We were yelling. I was yelling at the screen to cut or pan away. I'm picturing Glenn <sighs> Danzig leaning over the shoulder of some unfortunate editor and him saying, well, we're just going to cut it here. No, 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 no. Keep that in. Keep it rolling. I think it's suspicious that the film is 90 minutes dead on. It's not 91 minutes. It's not 89 minutes. Is that as... So, because they didn't want it to be any shorter? But Yeah. They, they wanted it to be a feature film. Uh, and it probably ran at like 67 minutes. And they went, I'll oh, just keep all the rubbish takes in. Just let it run. They could have gone out in one night and filmed something as easily as good as any of those. Fr- okay, so it's, it's worth mentioning this is a, an anthology film. Yeah, so, so yeah. The likes of Black Sabbath from Tales from the Crypt is uh, one of those. And it's actually modelled on a comic book, which Glenn Danzig had also released. I think mm. it's almost shot for shot. Well, it seems like it. Um, yeah, his comic book, Verotic, they added an A for okay. the video, I guess, um, where he exclusively hired pr- uh, porn stars um, to play the roles. Oh, God, that, where do we even start? See, see that I don't mind, because if you've got a, a film like a B-movie that uh, has a silly plot, but it has a plot. It's got a silly script, but it has, I don't know, something close to beats and stuff. It becomes an enjoyable B-movie, but this is just... There's no there's no pacing. There's, there's no... barely story. Yeah. And I really, I'm really kind of curious to look at the comic and see if it's the same. So... What's movie one? Okay, well, well, before we even get to movie one, there's a Crypt Keeper. Yes, sorry, I do apologise. Tell us about the Crypt Keeper. Who is um, a sort of devil woman. Yes. Alluringly attractive. Very, um, yeah, very, 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 very alluringly attractive. Played by Caden Cross as Morella is her name. Um, the first thing we see is her gouging the eyes out of a of a helpless woman with her two fingers. Yeah. Which is unnervingly gross out and gory, the opening shot. Yeah, that that sort of put me thinking, oh my god, what's to come? Yeah. How many resources are they going to go to for these special effects? And then Morella awkwardly looks at the camera and goes, hi, <laughs> we're going to look at some spooky stuff. Welcome, my darklings. My name is Morella, and this is Veronica. Yeah. Not even an attempt at adding a pun or a gag. Oh, there were some later on between the takes, but she did it the wrong way round. Yeah, she said something at the end. Uh, the eyes have it. Yeah. Weird. And then right at the end, she's bathing in a bath, even though that should have been the lead-in to the 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 counters of blood, which we'll cover in a minute. All very strange, very weirdly put together. Don't know why they did it that There's way. There's no around. thought process. It was. Um... What I can liken it to is I will sometimes write a script on fade-in or something, 
and I'll write through for 10 minutes without going back and, and then I'll read it back through and I'll be like, oh my God, that, that, there's a massive bit here which makes no sense. It yeah. sounds really dumb. And then you correct it and you make it sound normal. It's like they never read back through and went, oh, hang on a minute, that, that's really stupid. Uh, they didn't do. They didn't do any. They didn't look at anything. They didn't even yeah. look at the footage. No. Oh god. So yeah. So um, Morella introduces us to the albino spider of the jet. Okay. And I- it's all very serious. <laughs> the text comes up in big chapter, chapter one. The, the albino spider of the jet. Which, by the way, we've already done. Yeah. They ripped us off. We had, uh, when we used to be on the radio, we had a Halloween special and we went into your Uncle Phil's mansion and there was a French spider in there. Did you see the size of that spider? Oh, what are you doing, you stupid boy? A talking you spider. My web. You touch my web. You break my web. It took me six hours to speak. Okay. You I'm fool. very, very sorry. Rob, don't go near. You think I'm going near that French talking spider? Why does it exist? What a very rude of you, sir. I have sit here alone for un, undisturbed for years, and you come come into my mansion and you break uh, my web. Okay, so I'm really very sorry. Oh, no, 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 it's not at all. Yeah, so, he could well have been from Dajet. He could have been from Dajet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, I mean, oh my god. So they've got a set. They've got a set. It's shot like a sitcom. Or a porn film, let's face it. You're very flat and very strange. Um, we meet uh, Dejet, uh played by Ashley Wisdom. Definitely not a made-up name. Uh, who is a Parisian she, socialite. Yeah, but... I, she's a model. She's a, they she's, yeah, she's like she's an, erot- an erotic Wee. model. Yes. Um, she's having <laughs> noodly times with a very attractive French man yes. on the couch. Wee. Um, no. He gets a bit rapey and he's trying to rip off her shirt and she doesn't want well, to. Well, he, he tries Please, to take no. her shirt off and he, she just reacts. No, 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 no. no oh, no, 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 no. Not my top. It, it's, they've got French accents. Why did they bother send it, setting this in France my, and making it more complicated? My theory at first was they only made them French to, to cover up how bad the script was oh, maybe, and the lines. Maybe. But then, of course, they're not. French in the next one, they're American in the next one, and uh, I don't know. It was it, just a random choice, Adam. It's very strange. And uh, so he's trying to take a top off. Eventually, it happens, and he, he and the audience discover that her nipples are eyes. Her nipples are eyes, and they're really stupid-looking eyes as well. They they're, look like they've, they've been latexed on, like literally stuck on. They look like you, you know, Psycho Goreman. They look like the eyes on the brain blob. You know, that boy gets <laughs> yeah. turned into. They're so stupid-looking. So. He leaves, obviously. Uh, her friend comes in. Says, oh no, what has happened? You do not, uh, you do not worry about this boy. They are all the same. Says, oh, it happened again. He was so cute and so sad, <laughs> and she and the tears come out of her breast, the eye breast. And there's a spider on a rose. The, the whole time is kind of over seeing all this yeah, going on. And the the tear from the breast falls onto the spider. Yeah. Which instantly mutates into a giant man spider with a little moustache. <laughs> a little moustache. Hello, I've got a little moustache. I-, I am your subconsciousness. This sounds like a fever dream. And honestly, this is exactly, this is almost shot for shot. Yeah. <laughs> it turns into a giant white spider with eight arms and it dogs like this. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, shit. I only, I love you. Set me free, Dashet. 
Let me be real. Uh, and he goes on the rampage, essentially. Every time she falls asleep, he's like her inner self. There's a bit of thought in this one, to what? give it its credit. So, yeah, what I took from it was that she maybe has envy for her friends because they don't have eyes on their nipples, and she actually... Yes. She, you know... Uh, that's, yeah, that's a fair interpretation, yeah. So he's, he's hunting down beauty. He's a... Uh, the... the... <laughs> <laughs> the Inspector Gadget tells us that there's a neckbreaker, the newsreader who dresses like a sort of 1950s detective, informs us all that there is a neckbreaker in neck Paris and he keeps killing uh, sex workers. This is just another in a series of grisly murders. There, on the television. Their necks broken, with no leads to go on. Police are still hoping. The police are calling this murder Leonard Breaker. Uh, and she freaks out because she's I think she's having dreams of it. She's sort of seeing it. She's not in control. Yeah, when and she works out that uh she can lure it. She can she can summon him by I mean he's raping someone. Isn't he? Or is, it, yeah, or no, is that think, in a parallel world? Is that in his world, or is I that in real life? I think he's trying to kill her, but it looks rapey. And he has a he has a exchange of a prostitute, doesn't he? That's what I mean. Sex worker. Yeah. But he, he talks to one, and uh, but they don't do anything. But then later on, we cut to him, hmm. and he's doing something. But I think he's trying to kill her. But it looks like. Yeah, and then but the then she, of the ocean. she drugs herself, and then he's like, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, she decides the only way to save people is to kill herself. Right. I think that was what was going on. Okay. <laughs> and he comes, and then he re- reappears to stop her, but she's called the police. Yes, and the police arrive, and this is the reason I bought the whole film. The police arrive with their silly little hats, <laughs> and they go, oh, we have to break down the door. And they pull out this tiny little battering ram, which they very gently tap against the door. door. And they tap against the middle of the door. It's it's so wrong. (laughs) No, no, don't actually hit it. We've only got one door. Yeah, we've only got one take. If you break the door, we're screwed. (laughs) And they they burst in. They get your hands off her neck. And he's nowhere near her. (laughs) He's nowhere near her. And they kill him and they shoot him. And that's the film. That's, That's part one. What have you done? You idiot! No, no, no! This cannot be happening! Not now! Now, to give it its credit, this one has a bit of a story. There's a sort of arc. Yeah. It's, there's something going on there. And it's, and it's easily the most kind of like, from a B-movie humour perspective, it's the most fun one to watch. Because then it just gets oh, man. painful. With the second one, with the face, what's the what's it called? The change of face. Okay, so which is a much cleverer title than it deserves. Yeah, change of face. Uh, there is a. It, it starts with a redheaded woman walking towards a sort of cave area, <laughs> and a woman behind her just like says, "Oh, hello, who's there?" What do you want?
Your face. It's very nice. Give it to me. My face? What do you want with my face? Well, no. You can't have my... Well, if you aren't gonna give it to me, then I'll guess I'll just have to take it from you. No! Now look what you made me do. You should have just given it to me when I asked. This is when the pain started for me. This 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 is when I started realizing that I wasn't having fun because this is when uh the director uh, decided that it would be appropriate to just film and film and film, especially when we get to the strip club. Right, yeah. The strip club, this might be the most boring depiction of a strip club ever put to cinema. Oh, yeah. Ever put to film. You'd never go in a strip club again, or ever. It's so slow, none of it sexy, none of the... Bloody oh and yeah, and then it really gets bad when the announcer announces the mystery girl. Mystery girl rocks up to the pole and she literally gets her robe and starts flapping it. It's so it's the least sexy thing. And these guys we just cut to the same four guys just throwing cash. Yeah. Like they they don't seem to be having fun either. Everyone's looks bored, everyone looks it's just slow and I asked this question. You know, are these presumably? If you're filming in a strip club, you'd probably hire the strippers. Yeah, or at least ask them. And if you're going dancing, you're gonna know you're gonna be in them with that community. Surely you could get some ones that can. Judging by the way they were moving, I reckon two of them might have been, mm. but the others were just. They just didn't. It was Bad. so amateur. Like you might as well have just got us up on stage. <laughs> it would be no different. Uh... Um. The mystery girl with her sort of ninja face mask and flappy cloak. She's supposed to be alluring. She's supposed to be soup like dominating the stage. She's supposed to be like what's her name in from Dust Till Dawn? Oh, like Jessica Alba. Yeah, Jessica Alba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Selma Hayek, isn't it? Jessica Alba's one who Bruce Willis is. Uh, who's who's she's dancing in. Uh... What did you? What film did you say? From Dust of Dawn. I'm thinking of Sin City. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of. I just went straight to Sin City. Yeah, I think I. I it, it's just in my head. I think Salma Hayek just because it's horror. But yeah, you might be right. So anything. Oh my god. Um. But it. it, it we then cut to the police, who are on the trail of the face taker, and this is the. This was the biggest laugh of the entire night. <laughs> it's so bad it's so funny so we, we go back to the redhead her face is off she's lying in the gutter and some policemen one of it's just, just eating donuts and drinking coffee well a bald-headed man detective in a suit played by sean canaan i'm just going to call that out because he is the funniest thing i've ever seen what do you got what we got is grizzly sarge oh yeah how grizzly pretty grizzly Face cut off, ear removed, no sign of any other body trauma. Cause of death, 
apparent shock and loss of blood. Nice. Another sicko killer. Anything else for me? Afraid not, sir. I mean, we, we, we've got nothing. Zero evidence, which means no leads or motive. Where's her face? Well, that's what I was going to get to, is whoever did this just didn't, just left with it. And left no, no trace, nowhere to be found. No blood trail. <sighs> Negatory. There's your motive. They wanted her face. Oh, uh, so dumb. And so the police are hot on the trail. Um, one thing was, uh, <laughs> the, the one redeeming moment of this terrible moment in terrible, in the three terrible moments is when she pulls the face off her second victim. That was a nice effect. Yes, no, to be fair, yeah, some of the effects are pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's when she meets the blonde girl. <laughs> this was the other reason I bought it, I saw this clip and thought, that looks so good. Who is it? I'm in here. I didn't call maintenance today. What do you want? Hello, pretty. Collections. Collections? What do you mean, collections? Who are you? How did you get in here? Haven't you heard? I'm the face collector. Face collector? I've come to get your face. <gasps> My face? No. No! No! Pretty, pretty girl. With such a pretty face. You don't mind if I borrow it for a while, do you? Borrow it? No! No! Who's in here? <laughs> I'm... I didn't call maintenance. She's just got her hands. Like... The camp, the frame is that her whole body's in shot, basically, and she just doesn't know what to do with her hands. And she keeps like touching her face. No, my face. I... And it's like the director didn't tell them anything. No, the director just stood there and watched them. We'd get better. We get. We well, of course we would. Like anyone would get better uh, performances out of this. Um, and I, I don't mean to uh, to prejudge, but she had to be a porn star. Just by her. Oh, they all are. Yeah. They all like, are. <laughs> there's no chance. Not, not my face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh god. But this is an, and then this is another one yet again where the plot is useless because she, the policeman, fight, tracks her down or uh, shoots well, some, her. Somehow tracks her down. I just skips right it to it. It did say on the card. I think it did say mystery girl on the card. Did it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it just had the name of the porn, I which f- I thought was called Pussy Hats. Yeah, <laughs> it was Pussy Cats. Very uh, bad font choice. But yeah, he so he shoots her a bunch of times. She escapes, and he then it shoots goes. Her. She's behind him with a net knife to her neck, right up close. He shoots in a wide shot where he's shooting forward, and it ages away. And then it just cuts with her leaving. And we were, we were all like, oh, his sidekick must have come in and shot her. That's what it looked like. No, no, he managed to defy the laws of space and put himself halfway across the room. Yeah. Um, and then six months later, she's rebranded and she's in a different strip club and she's still doing it. And then it ends. And it ends. So there's no point. There's no, there's there's no, no there's, point. Yeah, yeah. And again, still better than... Drugja Contessa of Blood, uh, this 
might have been the most we thought we were getting so sick of the strip club scenes we thought it was so slow and boring and nothing was happening but in comparison they were like watching showgirls for the first time so uh elizabeth baffery is who this is based on um, which we called very quickly it's very yeah, obvious um there's a very good film i can't remember for the life of me what it's called about her um it's not this there's a few countess yeah. of blood i think it might be countess of blood yeah, yeah there's a few things based on it what we're introduced to is a terrible keyed in uh woman in a dress walking through a, a dungeon and there's loads of naked bodies hanging from the i have to credit where it's due the set design and the budget that went into this third one significantly higher they had horses they had horses it genuinely looks pretty good yeah it, it's, it's more than passable you you know um but we we there's that film that, that to, to introduce her straight away she, it's her close-up of her face she's rubbing blood all over her face she looks at the camera once or twice <laughs> um and it looks like the director's trying to tell her what to do we're like oh my no, god no again i don't think he said anything i think she looked <laughs> she i think josh drawed it she looked has a glance off screen and you think, oh, was that a mistake? But no, she was probably looking to the director who's just like stood there. Yeah, stone face. Just Glenn Danzig just rubbing his hands together. Gleefully oh. saying, this is art. Honestly. So, so we, we see her briefly go through. The, we, call, we called it when she went through the peasants and yeah. there were young women there. And went, Hang on a minute. This is going to be... So she finds a girl, she throws some money down, she takes the girl away. We then see a, a a line of girls, all been selected by the Countess, because they're virgins, I think. Um, God. And then she chooses one again, and they just cuts to her in the girl. Oh, Goddess. I'm losing my mind there's, just thinking about it. There's a girl in a bathtub and she's had her wrists lit and there's blood and the blood's all poured out. And the countess walks up to it, goes, oh. <laughs> then she gets in the bath. We don't see that it's blood. It's just too dark. But we know, but they haven't done it. They, they, we know, but they haven't told us. Yeah. She should have got in. She should have been shot from sort of looking up where she's powerful and dominant. She should have put her hand in and raised it up and the blood trickles down was, her arm. It was as if the blood was an inanimate object and wasn't important to the scene. Yeah. It was as if the blood was a vase in the background <laughs> and it didn't matter. And then and but, then for approximately four hours, we watched as she did the same four actions, oh. licking the blood from the girl's arm, then going, ah, oh, over her face. Then she licks the... Like, literally, she's just doing the same two or three things on a loop and it's scene after scene and this is the freaking one this is the first time we really noticed the camera oh. the, the cameraman lose control of the camera so the cameraman <laughs> throughout it was it is noticeable in certainly the last two maybe not the first one as much the camera it's just like make moving <laughs> and zooming and zooming out and zooming in and turning and there's one bit in this which is so bad uh, the Countess's assistant uh, brings in another girl and they slit her throat and her blood squirts out and she, the Countess is showering in it. Pretty good effect, to be fair. Um, then the girl she drops the girl and then the cameraman sort of follows the girl down and then, because she falls out of shot, he just he's just pointing at the side of the bath. 
before awkwardly oh. like re- cut that out cut it there's no need to have that there's so many bits where there's just an added shot that didn't need to be there do i not look beautiful in a more youthful yes of course you look much younger and even more beautiful than before you're just the blood in the blood of the virgins <gasps> The, the the really painful one was when she's in the mirror. The she mirror, mm. literally again, mm. the same two or three actions just on a loop. And clearly, she's probably just thinking, "Oh, the director just wants coverage, right? He's going to choose the best one I do." Nope, all no, of it. No, all of it, including the camera zooming in, the camera zooming out. It's the the camera work is like. Giving it to a student or your granddad. Yeah. Say, Here you go. Yeah, it literally is. It's um, it's like a family cam. It's like if you're going to, you take your family to SeaWorld and then you're panning around just to get all the things in so you can show your family all the things in the SeaWorld yeah. show. Like, this is this bit, this is this bit, this is this oh, bit. Oh, I'm just going to zoom in. Yeah, I'm just going to go over there. Oh, yep. Look at this oh, guy. Man, I, the, that, re, that was the thing that hurt the most. Yeah. Was those bloody camera moves. Um, oh god and that's that's the that's the end part there's nothing she goes and talks to a wolf yep oh, no, and, uh, nothing yeah, comes she, of that so she's feeding so there's one wolf who she's feeding all of these girls to but chunks of steak from the oh. i don't know and i i jokingly said oh well we're gonna how many girls were at the beginning we're gonna see each one of them die i said that was a joke totally. we ended up seeing i think all of them one yeah. by one Oh God! And it, and again, and it, 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 the the story of this uh, Baffery woman is very interesting. And there was a in the film, you know, uh, Countess of Blood. I saw it, it was all about her her wrinkles uh, getting becoming more and her growing more manic mm. and more crazy. And I thought, why wouldn't you do that? Well, just, just rip it off. We were talking earlier. This one would have been brilliant if one of the girls she was betrayed. One of the girls wasn't a virgin. Yeah, and the magic she she believes in it just all fades and she starts aging. And then uh, Seska, her her assistant, maybe she could take over. She could pull a star scream yeah. and you know take down the Countess while she's weak. And now she's the Countess and she will reign. Nope, none of that. Oh, there no, could have been, no, no. been a story of vengeance with one of the guards. Maybe the guard's daughter was killed. And he's yeah. he's worked his way up. Or just... maybe one of the girls escapes, or mm-hmm. or she strikes back. Nope, nothing, nothing. You can create any plot you like, you know, and it would take a couple of minutes, and then you, you know it would be vastly better. Ugh. It would be infinitely better than this. Oh, man, it, and it's just awful. And then it ends finally. And um, sexy goth uh, actress says, "Until next time." And we get very, very worried. <laughs> now, this has been described by critics uh, comparing it to The Room. Mm. I don't think that's right. No. The Room is... Uh, people call it the worst film ever made. It's not. But it's the it's the public face of worst good bad movies, isn't it? Yeah, well, well, well The Room is endlessly entertaining, isn't it? Uh, for, for, the, for the wrong reasons. But like it, it, it doesn't fail to, uh, you know catch you by surprise with something really dumb in it this is really bad but it's really bad in the worst ways because you do not find it funny when you're watching the same thing happen over and over and over so boring it's the most boring thing ever 
there is a lot of humour in the first one. There's some humour in the second one. The third one, oh dear, nothing. Just a just a dead harp, just a flat line. Um, I'm proud of us for getting through it, I'll be honest. Yeah, we did well. Well, it was only an hour and a half. <laughs> it felt like... It felt more, felt definitely. like an eternity. Uh, what's the... Oh, God. The, the really sad thing, and this is where the comparison to the room does factor in, the really sad thing, Glenn Danzig takes it so seriously. Ugh. He... Uh, when the film was first screened at Cinepocalypse in Chicago, um, throughout the screening, the film elicited laughter from the audience. they they just laughed at it the whole way through, and he was shocked. Yeah, he said, what did he say? He said, I wouldn't have laughed at some of those bits. He did not intend for the film to be comedic, stating that viewers laughed at parts he wouldn't have. But what What did he want from them? What? Oh, look. So we, I, I've skimmed through another Q&A, and it is fairly obvious that there are some connections. There are some, uh, some references to it. The uh, change of face that whole thing that's based on i think it's an italian horror it's clearly the eyes at the beginning that's fulci i think the italian wow. director there are lots of references to well-known well-loved kind of horror franchises and in the q a bit i skimmed through he did bring that up what he wanted was this to be a love letter to horror it sounds so ridiculous mm. You, you want to make a love letter to all the horrors that inspired you. Glenn Danzig, um, it turns out, was into kind of photography and film before he was a musician, which is interesting. Um, but you do that by hiring porn stars? Yeah. And obviously a cameraman who's four years old. I would... I wouldn't like to see it, but I would like to maybe have someone else watch it for me. A director's cut where... Do you know what? It would actually be very therapeutic to be... Don't stop. There's nothing left. They yeah, put I everything in it. Yeah, I mean, I want to chop... No, but I want to chop it all. I want to... Oh, I see. Yeah. I would love to get that on Premiere Pro and then just chop out all the unnecessary bits. Well, you can. I might do I can it. give you the footage. Yeah. yeah. It'd be about... It would be less than an hour long. Yeah, yeah it would. It'd be, it'd be very short. And that's how it should be. Um, I hope he's not doing another one. Um, Apparently he's working on a spaghetti western vampire film. Sign me up. Sign me up. (laughs) It's going to be incredible. No, um, (sighs) I think genuinely we need to uh, think of a new Hall of Fame. Um, I think we need to call it like... Dungeon Dungeon of Dismay. Despair, Dismay. Uh, Um, We call it the Countess's Bath. (laughs) Call it the Countess's Bath. Yes. Verotica is the first film to go in the Countess's Bath. And now that the Countess's Bath has been created, we can throw in um, Nicolas Cage's airplane movie <laughs> as well. Yeah. Was that the only other bad one? I think it was. I think that was the... Yeah, I think those are the only two. Oh, well, God. Welcome, readers, uh, listeners, to the Countess's Bath. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there anything else to say? No, No. let's just get away from it as quickly as possible. (laughs) Well, my darklings, after that one, I need to take five. And what could be more relaxing than a nice, long bath? So, until next we meet, 
stay dark. Adam's Film Reviews, A Quiet Place, Part 2, 2020. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. Most people had finally given up hope. The first of the big postponed movies of 2020, A Quiet Place Part 2 is the direct sequel to 2018's A Quiet Place, kicking off the action virtually seconds after the end of the first film. In this sci-fi horror, written and directed by John Krasinski, we are ushered into a post-apocalyptic world where the final dregs of humanity survive in complete silence, else they will be quickly and brutally murdered by a species of phonophobic aliens that prowl the earth. After the events of the first film, A Quiet Place Part 2 opens with the survivors of the Abbott family, namely the teenage boy one step from a total breakdown, Marcus, played by Noah Yoop, uh, Reagan, the deaf teenage girl taking up the mantle of family hero in light of her father's death, played by Millicent Simmons, and Evelyn, their hard-as-nails mother, played by Emily Blunt, who is able to wield a shotgun in one hand and cradle a newborn baby in the other. For those who may not know the first film, the story concluded with the discovery that Reagan's chocolate implant hearing aid was able to transmit a frequency that not only hurt the alien creatures, but made them vulnerable to attack. Using a jury-rigged transmitter out of an old radio, a speaker and a hearing aid, the family are able to defend themselves and soon set out into the wilderness to link up with other survivors. Following the tracks up to a nearby steel mill, the Abbots are confronted by Emmett, played by Killian Murphy, a friend of their father's from the time before, and in many ways, his dark reflection. See, unlike Lee Abbott, Emmett was not able to bunker down with his family and live a Swiss family apocalypse. Instead, Emmett's family was taken from him, and he has since become hardened and reclusive, living in isolation in the steel mill, surrounded by vicious traps and waiting for the end to come. However, while the family stay with Emmett, Marcus hears a transmission on the radio, a song, somewhere beyond the sea to be precise. Shocked that there may be life out there, Reagan is quick to examine the frequency and discovers that it's being broadcast from an island off the coast, roughly two days walk away. With her newfound confidence and swagger, Reagan arms herself with her machine and Evelyn's shotgun and sets off in secret to find the survivors, and hopefully find a home for herself and her family. But it soon becomes clear that the alien creatures are not the only monsters out there. The question is, will Reagan survive long enough to use her invention to save the world, or will the Abbots fall victim to the unstoppable horde? Now there's no denying A Quiet Place is one of the best and most original horror movies in recent years. It was effective, it was original, and it showcased some fantastic performances and some truly memorable sequences of horror and action combined. The sequel though... <sighs> There's been a lot of debate over A Quiet Place 2 since its release, with some, with some dismissing it, while others claim it's better than the first, but... Meh. A Quiet Place 2 is very good. Obviously it is. 
It's most definitely a second part of a larger story though. Well, the first film told a complete tale, start, middle and end. Part 2 just feels like... like an afterthought. Yes, the performances are great and yes, the action has certainly escalated, but for me, there just wasn't enough to Part 2 to really sink my teeth into. What it does do, it does excellently. Killian Murphy's casting as Emmy is about the best decision they could have made, with his haunting presence telling a story all in itself. But special credit must go to Millicent Simmons, whose portrayal of Reagan holds much of the film together. Her step out of her father's shadow plays an incredible and important role in the story, even if it is a bit short-sighted at this early stage. So, A Quiet Place Part 2. It's good, it's great, it's a little bit predictable. Still very, very good on a technical level, with some superb sound design. There's no denying this is a film that must be watched at the cinema. If it was one or the other though, I'd maybe choose the first film. And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening uh, and joining us on our legacy adventure into Verotica. Yes, thank you so much. Um, we uh, we heavily recommend that you never see it. Um, it is even... streaming on, I think it's Shudder, if you really want to put yourself through it. If you really want to put yourself through it. If you're a big Misfits fan... Uh, don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> listen to uh, the Misfits. Yeah, listen to the Misfits. <laughs> um, yeah uh thank yeah just just cheers thanks for getting us through we'll, we'll we'll pick a good film next week again just to just to i don't know although it's just the start of a beautiful relationship <laughs> terrible 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 films cool well yes if you do like what you're here do consider following us on patreon at www.patreon.com slash media and do check us out at holiday media on twitter and instagram where you can keep up to date with the stuff we're up to and some updates on our previous film, Quaggers, mm. which has no terrible camera angles like Verotica did, because no. I cut them out. Yes. <sighs> anyway, yes, thank you so much for listening, uh, and we'll see you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight. Bye. Where's her face? <laughs>